everybody, and welcome to Moving from Big Bottles to Small Bottles. I am your host, Vasily, and with me I have one of my good friends, Jeffrey. Hello, Vasily. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, thank you very much, Jeffrey, for being the uh, inaugural guest. And um, the whole spiel of this podcast, the whole purpose is just to kind of talk a little bit about us, our journey through pharmacy, and just to get different perspectives for current pharmacists, future pharmacists, or anyone who's interested in pharmacy. Yeah, I think that the most interesting thing between me and Vasily, obviously, like pharmacy and like healthcare in general is pretty well known. It's a topic that people discuss about a lot. But in terms of actually like the transition from undergrad into pharmacy school, I think there's a lot that people don't understand. And it's particularly interesting because me and Vasily have kind of uh, journeyed into our own paths and we have pretty unique experiences, I'd like to say. So this is kind of what we're going to talk about, I think. Yeah, and so I think um, like the biggest difference is that uh, I came into pharmacy as a right out of high school. So I joined an accelerated program which I would definitely say is not the traditional route. And you took more of the traditional route where you joined, mm-hmm. you joined an undergrad university and got your bachelor's and then you proceeded on to pharmacy school. Yeah, definitely the more conventional route. You know, I did the four-year university um, and then kind of took a gap year to kind of get all my prerequisites um, in track. I found a job in a pharmacy setting. Uh, trying to bolster my resume and my application in order to apply for residency programs, as opposed to your position where, like you were saying, it's you went directly into a pharmacy-based educational um, position. It, it was pre-pharmacy so that you would transition directly into their pharmacy program. And I guess you could speak a little bit more for on your own behalf. Yes, yeah, so I would say... Uh... Coming into an accelerated program, or just for anyone who's listening and doesn't know what an accelerated program is, basically, um, when I went to undergrad, my goal was not to get a bachelor's degree. It was not to get an undergrad degree. I just had listed prerequisite courses that I had to take. And then after I took those courses, I had to meet minimum requirements. I had to have a GPA minimum. I had to sit for an interview. Uh, There was a small writing sample. And then after that, I was allowed to matriculate onto the pharmacy school uh, as opposed. And I would say that um, taking that route is definitely a smart route if you want to save time in school and you know for sure that you want to do pharmacy. But if you're hesitant about doing pharmacy, and this could be said for any accelerated program, I know to achieve an MD, they also have accelerated programs like this. If you're hesitant about what you want to do, perhaps doing an ex- or pursuing an accelerated program isn't the best way to do it because you're locked in, right? From day one, my classes mm-hmm. were set up to get me into pharmacy school. And when I got into pharmacy school, I didn't have a degree to fall back on. So if, if things went south in pharmacy school, I was kind of SOL. Yeah, and I think also your program, um, or our program rather, because I, we went to the same pharmacy school, we ended up in the same pharmacy school, uh, there's different ranges. Some people take two years in their uh, accelerated program to get into the graduate program. Some people take up to four years. So it really depends on the person and like how you know gung ho they are about trying to get into the the pharmacy school. And also, being an undergrad for two years, I feel like 
even though you were able to do it and you're pretty successful nowadays, um, it doesn't give you that time that you need to really experience the, the college life that a lot of people, you know, go after or seek. And I mean, it's, it's rather unfortunate that, you know, pharmacy programs uh, have an option for you to kind of just work things out at a slow or faster pace. But um, it gets you to the point where you want to start your profession a lot quicker. So there's pros and cons, I would say. Yeah. And um, I guess my question for you, Jeffrey, is did you always know you wanted to do pharmacy coming out of high school? Or was it something that you kind of discovered during undergrad? Um, actually, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, going into undergrad, I just knew that I wanted to do something healthcare related. Um, so I just opted for the like the general biology major. Um, got a degree in that. Honestly, even in my senior year, my fourth year of college, I was still really hesitant into, um, I guess, going towards a specific path. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, like some of my relatives who are pretty deeply ingrained in the pharmacy profession, they told me to just get a pharmacy technician license, see if that you enjoy, um, like be more knowledgeable about medications, being around medications, and then see if you want to apply. So that's why, you know, found a job in my gap year. And honestly, I felt like it was a good opportunity to see if I could handle, you know, like a more um, definitive healthcare professional role. And even though like a lot of people, they, they know like what they want straight into at the beginning of college. Like I, I felt like if you're a little bit more on the, the fence in terms of like where you want to go, you still have time. You still have time to direct yourself towards what you want to do. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people think they know where they want to go. And um, this kind of happened with me, like coming out of high school, obviously, I, I signed up for this accelerated program, and I thought that I really wanted to do pharmacy. Um, but before I, you know, walked up, showed up on campus that first day, you know, pretty much summer, my senior year of high school, um, coming into undergrad, I was like, man, do I really want to do this? And I was talking with my parents, you know, why not pursue like a business degree, um, just because, you know, a lot of people pursue business degrees. And, yeah, I kind of do, do wish I had a little bit more time to figure out what I wanted to do, ex have a couple more life, life experiences that you uh, can have in undergrad that, you know, aren't really possible in uh, professional curriculum and as a working professional. Um so do you think that there is anything in undergrad, I mean, besides your parents talking to you, or not your parents, sorry, your, your relatives that are yeah. you know, invested mm -hmm. in, the, in pharmacy, um, do you feel like there were any other experiences you had that, you know, shaped your path in an impactful way? Um, I mean, obviously, in college, you're like really trying to find what you like. I looked into, you know, med school at one point, like even like being a PA, nursing, you know, all of these are different, I guess, potential opportunities that I, I considered were, you know, obviously they're very integral in terms of like community care, healthcare and everything. 
But pharmacy is just something that is very niche, but it's also something that's very important for, you know, interprofessional relations. And so I think definitely the relatives thing was really important, influenced me a lot. I had some, you know, shadowing, volunteering experiences, but I didn't really enjoy just being in like uh, acute care around nurses and all that. So, um, yeah, I think pharmacy for me was just it, it clicked for a while. And I think that's that's what made me decide to, to pursue it a little bit more, at least initially. Yeah, I feel like one of the big selling points that um, I mean, I'm I'm very I'm in a very similar position to you. I had uh, my aunt. She worked for Walgreens for a very long time. Um, so she kind of pushed me down the road towards pharmacy. But I feel like one of the other major selling points that the school used to try to lure people in um, and gain their interest in pharmacy is that you can do so many different things, right? You can, um, if you want to be out in the community, you can work for a community pharmacy like Walgreens, Rite Aid, CVS. If you want to work in a hospital, you can work in a hospital. You know, you have jobs as simple as sitting in a hospital pharmacy and dispensing medications, triaging questions, answering questions for nurses, all the way up to a pharmacist rounding in the intensive care unit with the intensivists, you know, making high level medication recommendations, all the way over to some pharmacists that don't even have their license to practice pharmacy and they work for biotech companies and they help generate tr or set up clinical trials. You know, they help distribute, you know, information about these new uh, drugs and how they can. I feel like what you're touching on of how pharmacy is like, it's niche, but it's also a very wide net. So I feel like that allure kind of draws a lot of people in. Um, and when you were in pharmacy school, did you have any goals, anything that particularly stood out to you? Um, I think initially the school really sold the idea of having a more clinical role um, in pharmacy. So the route that you took was essentially the route that was like the most ideal. You finish the pharmacy program strong, you commit to a lot of, you know, like organizations and committees and you do the most in order to bolster yourself as like a pharmacy student and make yourself an attractive um, candidate for residency programs. And in that case, uh, you would allow yourself to play more into the clinical pharmacist role. You'd be able to um, work as a clinical pharmacist. You'd have more acute care setting experience. And then, but yeah, the, the school just basically wants its students to be prepared if they wanted to pursue that route. And uh, me just coming into pharmacy, you know, like also pretty um, gung-ho about wanting to do the most. I also went for the residency path initially. Um, I thought that uh, focusing a lot of my efforts on grades and you know, um, joining as many extracurricular organizations as much as possible would make me a good candidate, like I said. But it just kind of didn't work out the way I intended. And um, yeah, now currently I work as a retail pharmacist in a community setting for Walgreens. And I feel like it's, it really depends on the experience you have and the drive that you have ultimately. Yeah, I would definitely agree. It is... Um just thinking back to those first few weeks of pharmacy school, I feel like there's so much thrown at you. Join this, sign up for that. Don't forget to study, get a job. 
you know, got to get your license, your intern license. All of it is just thrown at you in that like first two weeks. And it's very easy to feel like you're getting overwhelmed. And I feel like everybody feels overwhelmed to the point where they're like, is, is, you know, all of this work, you know, really worth it. And, um, it's definitely not for everybody. So I feel like, I feel like our school maybe was a little bit overbearing. I feel like they might've overpressured mm-hmm. people, uh, to take on roles that they weren't up for. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that kind of set a couple people back, you know, I, you know, I think we're thinking about the same, the same people here that no, you know, maybe sign up for a little too much and then end up not getting as good of a grade as they wanted, or, you know, potentially even failing a class and, now all of a sudden you're a year behind in pharmacy school yeah i think the expectations they set initially were just really too much it's overwhelming uh to somebody who kind of just like you know yeah i got into pharmacy school i'm really excited to do as much as i possibly can but then you like you were saying the first couple weeks they're just throwing everything at us they're basically advertising things from like committees to fraternities to like programs that you can join and like all of these different things get involved speak to your professors be liaisons for your classes and then like obviously you want to make a good impression right off the bat but a lot can get overfilled on your plate and i think at the end of the day it was more so the people that could time manage the best and pick particular areas to really focus in and like really be great in those areas that made it out and were ultimately able to like pursue greater things in pharmacy. Yeah. I liked what you said about um, everyone that's coming into pharmacy school for the first time is super excited that they want to do everything to help everyone. And you soon realize that there's a lot to everything and there's a lot to helping everyone. And if you try to tackle that, uh, it's a it's a tidal wave that will you know knock you down and eat you up and spit you back out, right. um, and it's not a good feeling. So, I think uh, having having targeted goals like what you were saying um, really can help you make the most of your time in pharmacy school. So, uh, I guess what goals, looking back on it, do you think are like reasonable for a first time pharmacy student? or an incoming pharmacy student to have for themselves, you know, in pharmacy school? Maybe just like the first year. For the first year, I mean, yeah, our, our program was accelerated normally, or typically pharmacy programs are four years. Um, but for the first year, I would say really try to, you know, explore the specific area that you want to go into. Like our most schools offer like a wide array of, um, I guess, clinical based uh programs or like clubs committees uh, as opposed to you know um like the the biotech route where you can do uh, more of a clinical trial based uh or yeah that sort of thing uh we also have like medication therapy management so really find the thing that you really enjoy doing don't try to you know do everything that'll just you know, burn you out quicker and leave some space to obviously focus on your studies. Like academics are what give you that, that knowledge basis that you definitely need to succeed. Um, so just manage it, manage it properly, have more time uh, to be able to like organize what you really want to do. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think taking a targeted approach and saying, you know, I'm going to, 
sign up for one organization, right? And I'm going to really put my effort into this one organization. And it doesn't matter that some people sign up for three, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to create a high quality product for my one organization. And um, you, you said something that kind of brought me back to pharmacy school is I feel like some people focus a lot on grades, even to the point where it's like, yeah, you know what I'm about to say, where they're like, oh, I did so bad on this test. <laughs> and they get like a 93 and you're like, uh, it's like the highest score score in the class. Like, why are you feeling bad <laughs> right. about getting a 93? And they're like, well, I wanted a 97. And you're like, okay, okay, let's. Let's back it up here. <laughs> but um, I think outside of like uh, doing one committee and um, or one organization, whatever your school has, uh, I agree with finding your passion. You know, find out you got you have to think about what you want to do relatively quickly, right? It very quickly degenerates into mm-hmm. the pharmacy students that want to do a fellowship and take the industry route and work for biotech companies. Yeah. The pharmacy students that want to do a residency um, and try to get like a more clinical position. And then the pharmacy students that don't want to do either and they want to take the retail route. Mm-hmm. And each route has its own merits. Each route has its own experiences. Um, but that, I, at least I feel like for our school, after the first four weeks coming in, uh, as a first year pharmacy student, you kind of knew who was pursuing what, like right mm-hmm. off the bat. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, did you work in pharmacy school? I actually didn't have the opportunity to work. Um, I, I know a lot of our classmates, your classmates, um, they found positions, whether it be like in hospital or retail setting. I think it, it was very beneficial for all of those who were able to do that, uh, just because, you know, the work experience shows that you're, you have time commitment to um, and time management skills. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that one of the, the biggest things that I regret was not being able to work. Obviously, you know, being able to make a little extra money on the side helps out too. Yeah, but you also had a technician experience. You worked as a tech for a whole year, right? Yeah, so I worked, yeah, full time for the during my gap year. And that's basically, you know, like the, the segue into like a more pharmacist position role as a a technician you get to view basically everything that happens in a retail setting and that gives you an idea of what you need to know uh, what you need to kind of like bolster in terms of knowledge as well as you know the business side because retail is essentially just like you need to maintain the business you need to look at the financial aspects and everything like that as well yeah I definitely agree and um, I think this is a great segue so I think the last piece of advice I wanted to give to all pharmacy students that are coming in, if you did not work as a technician before pharmacy school, you should definitely work as a pharmacy intern. Doesn't matter inpatient, outpatient. Right. Personally, I even think working outpatient is better. Uh, you see so many more medications uh, and you really get the outpatient experience, which I want to dive a little yeah. bit more yeah. deeper into because I feel like a lot of people come in to pharmacy school and they're like, oh yeah, pharmacists, we know like we could do like cool chemistry stuff. And like, we know a lot about like molecular structures and um, you're like, I want to be compounding drugs and crushing stuff up (laughs) and putting it into a cream and, you know, selling, selling it to patients and, you know, saving lives and improving patient care. And you get that, at least me personally, I got that first 
intern job at an outpatient pharmacy and it's like you show up on day one and they're like all right here's a spatula <laughs> get counting <laughs> we have we're we're 100 scripts behind and and 100 more are coming and there's people at the window and yeah it's all I about think... workflow in that environment definitely like being able to multitask or being really efficient at one thing at a time definitely benefits you the most when you're in that type of setting as opposed to what you might like think that pharmacy is all about in terms of like what Vasily was kind of saying about compounding and like making drugs and just being really really excited to get your hands into like some medications yeah so I mean um, I guess I'll just share a little bit about my experience uh, working for Walgreens so I had never worked in a pharmacy prior to pharmacy school. I shadowed a pharmacist once, and then I went to pharmacy school. That's kind of another drawback of being part of an accelerated program. So um, I got hired at Walgreens, thankfully. Um, the pharmacist there was actually super nice, and she, she, she didn't even know me. Um, but they didn't schedule me for shifts at first. And she would always be like, oh, wait, Vasily can, like, work on Saturdays. And she would always, like, write my name in on the schedule. Um, and so she was, like, really looking out for me. And I, I enjoyed working with her. Um, but the work itself is uh, it's pretty tough, in my opinion. I feel like it's a, it's a high-paced environment. And um, one of the things that I don't know if a lot of people realize about, you know, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, is that these are all for-profit companies. So they want to make money. I mean, it's, it's reasonable to make money or to want to make money. Um, but in order to make money, you know, you got to churn out a lot of product and you have to churn it out quickly and you have to keep your overhead costs low. Yeah. So I feel like I personally felt like my store was definitely understaffed. Um, a lot of it is what you were saying is more operational work. So it's just, getting a doctor order, inputting that into the system, finding the medication, counting out the right number of tablets or capsules or whatever, um, putting the appropriate labels on it, and then having the pharmacist be able to counsel, which is we spend a lot of time learning about how to counsel on school. And I feel like at work, you know, the amount of time that you actually have to counsel is very low. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes. Do, you want, do you want to share something about... Uh... Yeah, so I mean, currently, like we, we deal with all of that, obviously, on, on the operational side. But we're also like, you know, still in the middle of a pandemic. And we have added elements to that because essentially the pharmacy, the, the community pharmacy um, is a hub for, you know, like PCR tests or like any COVID related tests. Um, we also do all vaccinations where we have all of them still available. And along, on top of that, we're doing like boosters, pediatric shots for the COVID vaccine. So that just adds a, a lot of pressure on top of all of those things that you were mentioning. So we still want to like, everything is all about the metrics. Everything is about making as much money and as efficiently as possible. So we want people to come in. But that puts so much of a load on the people, the staff that are already there. And it's not like we can just hire on more people. It's not like people are jumping at the opportunity to be put into a position where you're worked to the core. And there, there's been a lot of pharmacies actually in 
in terms of like Walgreens, CVS, all of these retail settings that have cut down hours just because they can't accommodate all the appointments that are coming in for vaccinations and all the, the prescriptions that are coming in either. And a good amount of pharmacies will be closed down just because, you know, we can't we can't handle it right now. And I think it speaks a lot to how these corporations are kind of like using their employees and squeezing every little bit of, you know, that profit that they can, because you can definitely take advantage of something like, oh, yeah, like a PCR will get you some money or like um, like each shot will net you some money as well. So right now uh, we're trying to find like a, a good balance like the corporations have to at some point work with us in order to you know make sure that not everybody just like ends up leaving and that'll leave them with you know nothing at, at the end of the day so we really need to work something out that you know puts us in a better position with all the work that we have to do yeah and i think um you brought up a lot of great points there and i think i think community pharmacies actually provide a lot of healthcare resources, right? You have a knowledgeable pharmacist, you know, there's been a shift in vaccines. So now you don't have to go to your doctor to get a vaccine. You can just go to your pharmacy, right? So it's big public health. It's a big improvement in public health. Um, Rapid COVID tests, you know, are are available in the pharmacy. And all of this is like super beneficial. It's, you know, we're we're improving the health of the public. Um, But then there's always that thought about, we got to make a profit. We got to make a profit, you know? And I mean, even you look at, um, I'll just juxtapose my perception of a doctor's office and my perception of a community pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So at a doctor's office, right? Let's just say you have one doctor, right? That one doctor can only see one patient at a time. Everybody signs up for one appointment. Once someone signs up for an appointment slot, that time disappears, right? Because the doctor Mm -hmm. can't see two people at once. It doesn't mean that the doctor doesn't want to take care of more people. It just means that he can only take, he or she, sorry, he or she (laughs) could take care of one person at a time. And they're going to do their best job with that one person in the time allotted. Whereas I felt working for Walgreens and I worked out for Walgreens before the pandemic, but even then they would have quote unquote appointment slots for people to sign up for, Mm. but there wouldn't be a limit. So you could have one pharmacist working and five people all sign up for an appointment to get Mm -hmm. a vaccine at the same time. And obviously giving a vaccine takes less time than a doctor performing a full exam and doing a workup and everything. But it still does take time. And I feel like I feel like I felt like at the time that the time that it the time that we were allotted per patient was nowhere near enough the time that it required just to collect their insurance information, you know, submit Mm -hmm. the claim to insurance to make sure that we were gonna get paid for the work we did, to make sure that the patient's even eligible for a vaccine. Mm -hmm. Um discussing with them the risks and benefits. I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, three years ago, just for like the flu vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. People yeah. would come up, be like, oh, should I get the flu vaccine? And of everybody should get the flu vaccine. But, you know, how do you persuade someone? And then you have someone right behind them and they're like, oh, well, I need to get my flu vaccine too. Like it's my appointment time. And then, you know, multiple people showing up for the same appointment. And I can only imagine how that is now with, you know, three COVID vaccines out there and a vaccine mandate and vaccine passports on the horizon yeah i think it's pretty tough i mean we try to 
keep appointments. Um, like we want to honor everybody. Everybody has a right to get their vaccinations, especially because, you know, at, at this point in time in the pandemic, like we want people to be vaccinated. We want, you know, the community to reach that threshold where everybody can, you know, live a more normal life. But at the same time, like the corporations don't really care about that. They just want right now, like at, at Walgreens, the one that I'm working at, there are clinics on Saturdays, um, like in-store clinics where we have three people able to sign up every five minutes. And that's like, that's an appointment that we have to honor. So we have like anywhere from 200 to 250 people walk in, including children who uh, I want to add, like they, they take a little bit more time because, you know, there's a lot of pressure in getting a shot and they're, they're kids. Like it's understandable. They get nervous and anxious, but we don't have the manpower and we don't have like that, that it's not just a shot. There's insurance involved. There's documentation involved. There's drawing up doses, everything, the, everything takes time. And it's really hard to be able to, you know, like commit all of this energy if it's gonna, you know, happen on a consistent basis. And it, it honestly, like, it makes a lot of people tired. Like, I get complaints all the time when I'm the pharmacist, the technicians are tired, you know, even the clerks are like, wow, we can't register all of these people. The lines are just like crazy. And so I think right now, like, obviously, it's it's for a good purpose. Like, we want all of these things to happen. We want to attain achieve these goals but it's also really burdensome on like the staff yeah i hear you and i feel like one thing is you always i mean billing documentation all that's important but like you want to give someone the time that a person that every human being deserves right like Mm -hmm. i know for a lot of people getting this covid vaccine um may have familial implications you know may have um, may cause them to be, you know, potentially outcasted by their friends. It's a, it's a big life decision yeah. for some people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you, I've, I personally want to give those people, you know, the time and my time to be able to explain to them the risks and the benefits because yep. the COVID vaccine, in my opinion, is like one of the few medical or COVID in general is like the only medical problem where everybody has an opinion on right everybody has an opinion on how they want their covid to be treated and whether or not the vaccine is beneficial or not and i i feel like we've gotten away from having healthcare professionals you know making recommendations to now the public is whatever they read in the daily mail you know two days ago is is worth infinitely more than any educated pharmacist or physician can provide Mm -hmm. and i just feel like um you know, not having the time to be able to sit down and discuss with someone their fears, whether it be, you know, myocarditis from the Pfizer vaccine or the efficacy of the J&J vaccine and helping them make like a, a decision that, you know, really fits them as a person. You know, some people it might be better for them to get the J&J vaccine. Some people it might be ready to get the Pfizer. But when you when you try to maximize and, and I'm all for maximizing vaccinations right we want to get as many people vaccinated as possible it's just you have to be realistic about what is feasible again a doctor will only book appointments or one person per appointment slot and they're given a semi-reasonable amount of time to at least introduce themselves and start to have a discussion um and i feel like sometimes you know and you've kind of hinted at that 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 doesn't always happen at the community pharmacy level 
yeah, I mean, essentially, like we do want to do our our part. We want to give information out to a lot of people to have inquiries. But if we're, you know, pressed to just bust out the the vaccines, uh, we don't really have that opportunity. And we really want, you know, to educate the public as much as possible, too. I think it's really important because we've been trained for this. We're not just people that like immunize or like deal with insurances and everything. So we want to use what we've been taught as well. And I think both the patient and like us as practitioners, we have like, uh, we have our own individualized roles that in healthcare, we deserve to be able to play out. And right now the situation that I guess we're put into has not allowed us to, you know, play those roles that were defined like previously. I agree. I think we should, uh, shift gears here to maybe uh, ending this on a, on a high note. Yeah. Do you feel like um, you've had the opportunity to really, or could you share with us, you know, maybe a story or two about a time where you had the opportunity to, you know, go above and beyond to help someone, whether it be for the simplest reason. And it just left you with like a sense that cause I've had it happen with me where you do something and you just felt with like, a sense that you did good and it just like resonates well in your heart and it leaves you feeling good at the end of a long day. I mean, we do have instances where, you know, like you're able to kind of talk to the patient. Those, those are probably the highlights of a pharmacist day. We have a little bit of time to just take the patient to the side, you know, have like a discussion about their health. And essentially there are times where there's like medications that potentially, potentially the patient's not adhering to or like they they feel like their disease state isn't properly managed and mtm or like being able to just talk about you know medication schedules and like um i guess making sure that the medication that a patient is taking is you know fit for some someone in their situation their current disease state that's the best thing that we can do um uh, there aren't really specific inc- incidences that I can remember, but, you know, it just happens on a daily basis. And that, that makes it kind of worthwhile. I mean, given all like the, the stuff that we have to deal with on a daily basis, being able to, you know, help someone out, even if it's just sharing a couple sentences or like reminding them to, you know, take this certain medication so that they meet their outcomes. That's essentially what, you know, retail pharmacy should be all about you know you're you're a basis for a knowledge and just being able to help out people in a more you know comforting setting where you can just walk up to your local pharmacist and just ask them questions and you know like empower them to be able to take hold of their medication situation yeah i definitely agree i've definitely had situations like that where you know there's an older couple uh, maybe they don't entirely understand what all of their medicines are for and you just and it, that in itself baffles me that, you know, people could be taking medications and not know what they're for. Um, I feel like we should, you know, be doing a better job about educating our patients. And when you do get that opportunity to educate them and, you know, just something as simple as a statin, you know, is it's going to help protect your heart. Or something as simple as like a blood pressure medicine, it's going to decrease your blood pressure, it's going to decrease your risk of having a stroke or a heart attack in the future. And it really kind of helps drive the point home for them, as opposed to this is just something I need to take because someone told me to. Like, when you yeah. get them invested 
in their health and you see kind of everything click in their mind where they're like, that's why my doctor is pushing me to take this medicine so much because it has a real health implication outcome. Just, you know, we all need more time to do that. Doctors, nurses, pharmacists, we all need more time to make that human connection and really drive points home. And when you do have those opportunities, personally, they feel, they leave me feeling very, um, I'm blanking on the word. They leave me feeling very fulfilled when I have those moments um, to just, you know, share five minutes with a patient. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is um, a good place to wrap up for now. Do you have any uh, last comments you want to make? I mean, for all of those people that are honestly interested in pharmacy, Uh, Do a little bit of research, I would say. Uh, Pharmacy school is, you know, like any other graduate program, pretty intensive. But also, we talked about it a lot in the beginning. Just kind of have, like, an idea of what you really want to do so that you focus your time a little bit better. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with retail pharmacy either. You know, like, I I enjoy what I do. There's always benefit to what you're you're pushing out. So, I would say, you know, pharmacy is pretty cool. Um, all in all, it's a profession that is pretty, I would say, should be respected at least, not is. But yeah, at the end of the day, I'm proud to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm proud to be doing what I what I do too. And I, I feel like, you know, no matter what route you pursue as a pharmacist, whether it be inpatient, outpatient, anytime you have direct contact with patients, you have opportunities to leave yourself feeling very... Uh, very fulfilled and very rewarded for the work mm-hmm. you do on a daily basis, even yeah. though it might be a little bit tiring. Yep. Anyways, Jeffrey, thanks for stopping by. Thank and you. Until Priscilla. next time, folks.